Spies. <laughs>
We did a scotch and sing on New Year's Eve. And I think we made a joke about New Year's resolutions. And I just was thinking mine is to like live in the moment, but how do you do that? Yeah. I can't think of anything else, but the thing about my particular situation is that before the pandemic, I had a one-year-old baby. So I didn't, there wasn't, I didn't have a ton of opportunities to go out. I think we went to a couple weddings, family weddings in that year, the first year. And, and we all know like the first wedding didn't work out because their babysitter couldn't handle it. Yeah. I I was going to say about those weddings. I remember those because we were so excited Mm -hmm. because they were like back to back. Like what we, you know, we had babysitting set up. It was like, we had plans. Yeah. And then you and I can't help ourselves. We want control over the music, over the lighting. You know, we're going up to staff members. Where's the light switch for this? It's like, we can't ever just enjoy. Then there's like little moments of, of lots of fun, like in a, in a few moments in the summer and stuff when the kids are playing outside and we're sitting in chairs in the sun. I know. Is that fun? Is that like your idea of fun? I know because like if you asked me, what do I want to do when the pandemic's over? Like what's the first thing I would plan? I would probably plan a barbecue with my friends on a nice sunny day and I play music and then maybe, maybe an impromptu dance party happens. Maybe, but it'll probably only last a minute before we all realize how ridiculous we look. Mm -hmm. And then that would be it. But, but just that would be my, my ideal hang at this point in time. We were, and maybe still are, like fun addicts. Like we always want to make things the most fun they could be, have the most fun we can, we can possibly have. And I remember one time mom said to us, not everything has to be fun. And she kind of put that in quotes. And I remember thinking, no, you're so wrong. Like, yes, it does. And actually, now I kind of think she was right because I'm not sure... I'm not sure what happens at a certain age or a certain amount of sleep deprivation where you just actually can't have the same kind of fun you used to have. Yeah, but but I think that the main issue here is what constitutes fun and laughing constitutes fun. If you laughed a lot when you did something, then that was fun. Getting up now and dancing to a hip hop song, it's not the same, it's not I don't see it the same as I did in my 20s. Yeah. You, like you, running to the dance floor because of that song is not, does not constitute fun at a, as a 38-year-old mom of three kids. Not that I wouldn't do it or couldn't do it or that it wouldn't, couldn't be fun. But now it's like I, what constitutes a fun evening for me or a fun day or a fun moment is if I'm laughing. It's actually, that, that question kind of twists my brain up a little bit. I don't know that I have fun anymore. And that's like really weird. Yeah. That's what I've been thinking about lately is like, when's the last time I had like fun? I have moments of joy, but like, when's the last time I had fun? Maybe there's an age where fun kind of doesn't. It doesn't mean the same thing anymore. See, there's lots of things like I I get joy from, but I'm talking about like fun. They kind of fun where you have post-party depression because it was so fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Another yeah. thing is, do you, for, as an example, do you remember when we were on the island and we decided we're going to go get a couple of drinks and then go hit balls? And then and it, the idea of it sounded so fun. Yes. And then we got there and it was like, okay, now what? Now that we have the drinks in front of us. And then um, we went and hit balls and we were like, there's like 30 balls here. It's going to take forever. Too many. It was like too many. It was like after one hitting of the ball, you were like, where's Sean? Is he coming to pick us up? So I think to sum it up, we've decided that fun has to include laughter and spontaneity. 
for us. For us. At this juncture in life. Bridge buzz. Something that's constantly on my mind is uh, being a twin and constantly coming up with witty replies to dumb questions that are asked. Common questions, sometimes more silly than others. For example, are you guys twins or am I going crazy? I thought I was seeing double. Those are two examples, but there's a lot of other questions um, that get asked. And what my point is, I always am caught off guard, yet I'm asked definitely weekly, if not daily, if I'm out in public, which obviously hasn't been lately. But do you know what I mean? Why, after 38 years, have I not come up with any witty replies? Isn't that so weird that still to this day, I'm stumped when it's said to me and I can't think of anything funny to say. Even now, like if I asked you, what would you say if you could go back to one of those moments? Can you, well, first of all, can you think of a question that we get asked all the time? Are you guys twins? I thought I was going crazy. It's not really a question, more of a statement. Like the person always says, quote, they thought they were going crazy. Yeah. Or they were seeing double. Yeah. And it's, my reply is always like, nope, we're twins. You got it. You're not crazy. I mean, I don't know you. Maybe you are. We're twins. Or it's like when we go to the grocery store lineup together, we go through the till. You have to, while you're paying or whatever, you have to like come up with something to say when someone notices that you're twins. And you always know when they notice because they stare. And you always know they're going to say something before they say it. Sometimes you hope you'll slip through that uh, exchange without having to make a comment about it. But they usually do make a comment about it. And then I never have anything funny to say. And it's like, you'd think I would have come up with something funny. So can we think of anything right now? Um, sometimes I just feel like, like saying, no, no, we're not. You know what I mean? But then it's also like, I know the, car- the conversation will carry on longer if I do that. Here's a twin question. Courtney, what is the best part about being a twin? Um, I'm, I'm taking a minute because I'm trying to steer clear of the obvious predictable answers. I think the best part of being a twin probably is um, constant company. I mean, we live next door to each other, so that that definitely uh, increases our company that we have daily. But um, I think we're pretty much used to having that sort of company. Um, I know that if I have a couple hours to myself, while the idea of that sounds great, I usually don't want that. And I know yeah. we've talked to Kate, our sister Kate, um, about that, and she kind of says the same thing. So we we're 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 come from a family of six. We have um, two older sisters, Carly and Kate. Carly lives up in Vernon, and Kate lives five ten minute drive away from us. Used to live in our complex, and then moved. Um, like why though? And so I think when you're so used to having someone in the house, when you grow up with someone in the house all the time, I don't really value alone time the way you hear other people do. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. Maybe for half an hour so I can get shit done without someone asking me for something, but I don't actually like being alone. Yeah. Alone time to chore is great, but I am my own worst company. Oh, I'm awful. Yeah. Um, I listened to Sam Harris, who, what what is he, a neuro? He's a neuroscientist. A neuroscientist? I think that's what it is. Neurologist? He's not a neurologist. Neuro- he's a neuroscientist, I'm pretty sure. 
anyways, he's got a podcast and an app, a meditation app. And he, he was saying like the moment you meet your mind, like your mind is, what does he say? It's an incessant, like. Most assailing. Yeah. It's like a, an Incess- assault. Incessant. And it's so assailing. true. It's like, don't leave me in a room by myself for two hours. I need company. I cannot be by, with my own self. Okay. So what's the worst part of being a twin? Courtney, you go. I didn't actually answer the first question. Oh, okay. So really quickly, the first thing that comes to mind for the first question, being uh, fully understood. That's how I can probably sum it up the best. Don't you think that kind of puts you at a disadvantage with other relationships Absolutely. in your life? It's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Because now... I don't be- seek it elsewhere. Because- I don't need to. You go. Because now it's like... You're so used to having one person totally understand you that you expect that of everyone else in your life. I don't know if I expect it. I expect, I, in, in fact, I think it's the opposite. I expect not to receive full understanding elsewhere. So then um, that, that's the downfall is, is you, you can't, you can't um, meet the expectation elsewhere sometimes. Do you know what I mean? No. Like, for example, I don't know how deep I want to get here. But I think it's the opposite because I am so effortless, 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 effort. Oh, the word lost its meaning. Yeah. Because I am so effortlessly understood with you when I seek that kind of understanding elsewhere in other relationships and I don't get it, I don't, it's, it's, I know I won't receive it in the same way. So therefore it it closes me off a bit. It makes, um, it makes it an unattainable goal for the other person. Does that make sense? I wasn't listening. Do you know how people are like, he's my person? Yeah. It's like, I don't have, I have more than one person. I have my twin and then I have my husband. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't just have one person. Yeah. And that's, that's, um, and that can be hard when you're all swimming in the same pool, but really in everyone in a normal life, there's only two of you in the pool. Yeah. And how do you get, how do you get all parts of that to work well? And it doesn't always work well. Yeah. And it's interesting listening to the kids sometimes, because I'll hear my daughter Bailey, who's six and a half, talk about twins sometimes. They had twin day at school recently. And without even knowing it, they understand the connection. I never, never like talk about it. I don't, they just know it. I can't even think of the example right now, but just when I heard her talking in conversation about being a twin to her sister, like I'm, you know, so-and-so's friend, twin at school, the way she talks about it, the way she describes what it, what it means to be a twin is just only because she knows no different, which brings me into another subject about twins, which maybe is a topic for another time, legit, but just um, the way twins are portrayed in TV and film, it's like humiliating. And no wonder people think that we share a brain or share a personality or, or are the same person. We are actually, twins are portrayed so poorly. Typically, I think what you're saying is in movies and television shows, I said that funny, television, um, you usually see twins as kind of bimbos and also willing to sleep with the same man it's or flirt with the same that, man, even, which even, is very inaccurate. Even boy twins, whatever, any type of twins, animals. People, any type of twins are usually portrayed, identical twins I'm talking about, as stupid, not having a mind of their own. Yeah. Being, being slightly um, stupid because of that, like, but also just not having a mind of their own and being 
Oh, like uh, funny, quirky, like look at them. They're they're circus act. I wonder why it didn't go the other way. Like because if the if people say in in TV and movies are going to write twin care identical twin characters as one mind, how come it didn't go the other way and make them a super smart or super sort of a superpower? Instead, it dumbed it down. It which dumbed it down. In my mind, it's it's way more the other way of like there. It's an asset, you know. How come how come it didn't go that way? But yeah, you watch any kind of twin uh I'm trying to think of one on a like a TV show or a movie, try and think of one where, you know, you get these female identical twins and they're they're there to kind of vie for they're they're just like arm candy for the stud of the movie or something. And it's like, as if they'd both be attracted, first of all, to the same person or even be comfortable with the idea of flirting. I remember when we were in our early 20s, do you remember? And we were with our friend Christina and we went to that band Whole Damn County and we went to their video music shoot. Mm -hmm. And it was like in, I don't know, Anasis Island or something. And I don't remember. And it was, it was in, in West Van. Oh, was it in West Van? There's a couple locations. I'm talking specifically about the location oh, where you were in a warehouse. I know what you're going to say. And they got a handful of people and they were just going to like edit in. They were going to d- triple, mm-hmm. quadruple the crowd. So it looked like a big crowd dancing around these guys. And I remember we were just extras. Um, I think dad was friends with one of the guys in the band at the time. And um, they asked if we wanted to be extras you know, kind of clapping and woohooing in the background. And um, yeah, we said, well, we'll go and do it. We like dressed ourselves. I think we were wearing like shorts or a jean skirt or something and like a tank top. And um, and then I guess the director noticed that you and I were twins. So he pulled us from the crowd and said, okay, dance around this guy, the lead singer. I don't mm-hmm. remember his name. And he wanted us to kind of dance sexy around him yeah, and, and it was microphone stand and hold that. the microphone stand. And there is the exact example we're talking about of like sexualizing us just because we're twins. Yeah. And well, first of all, he did, the director didn't know us and doesn't know that that is we would, simply we not going to come off as sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I think we tried and then a couple takes and the director is like, no, it's not working. Because no. f- first of all, who's this lead singer, strange man? Get away from me. Yeah. Number one, we have stranger man danger. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I see what you're doing. You want me and Courtney to be sexy for this man as if we're both attracted to him. Yeah. And 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 that's that's a small example of what happens to 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 twins in yeah. like in media. And and it's uh it's a little unfortunate, I guess, because it's so, it should be the opposite. It should be like a superpower, not, not a negative, like you're not stupider because you have someone who looks okay, like stupider you. Stupider is not a word. More stupid. More stupid. Making me stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the other side of that, aside from that part though, is the way they're always dressed the same identically, right? And which is fine because we like looking the same, but but they're just portrayed as if they share one brain, one stream of consciousness, one, one, um, you know, one body, but in two separate uh, entities, right? So it's just like it's perpetuated that way, and and so and then you know there's some fallout from that in real life. People think that you share a brain and stuff. I've been told that, um, been told to cut the cord and stuff like that, and they just don't have any clue. Anyways, that's a rant, but. Um, when you're on a rant, it reminds me, I just listened to a Sarah Silverman podcast this morning and I guess she was on a rant. She goes, am I still talking? My lips are moving. <laughs> um, so funny. 
Fridge Buzz. Stop and chats. What's the appropriate amount of time and how do you know if you've surpassed it? So stop and chats. Those happen from time to time if you're dropping your kids off at school or... First of all, why don't you tell us what consists of a stop and chat? What is a stop and chat? I think it's when you're just trying to get something done. Say you're bringing out the garbage to the garbage can. You run into a neighbor or someone at the mall or it ends up on the street. Usually uh, stop and chats usually only consist with acquaintances, neighbors, or people you've met once or twice. You don't really have a stop and chat with friends. An acquaintance, you'd probably just wave or nod or even pretend not to see. Well, that's another topic. That's another question though. What type of acquaintance slash neighbor or friend garners just a wave and one, and because there are, there are times where you try and just wave and it's a stop and chat and you're like, but I was just trying to wave. Well, sometimes you want to just wave, not because you don't want to chat with that person, just because you, you know, you're busy. So again, to circle back, a stop and chat is when you are maybe outside in the mall, running an errand, you see somebody that you know to some degree and you have a very quick conversation. My question is, what is the appropriate amount of time for that stop and chat? And there are a lot of offenders out there who keep it going. Yeah, your husband Long, being one yes, of them. <laughs> he is one of them. I've been working on on that for years with him on how to close the conversation up. These people just want to keep going. My husband is the kind of uh, person who is very friendly and loves to talk to people he knows, even if he if he can't remember your name. It doesn't matter. He loves to stop and chat. If he sees someone in the mall, he will go out of his way to stop them and say hi. I will. I am the exact opposite. I am very uncomfortable with making quick conversation. Small talk. Small talk is very uncomfortable for me. Even in our music days, I remember I would just like trail behind you. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to start it. Like I could do it if I had a couple of drinks. Oh, so um, what I was going to say was I am not the best at um, finding quick conversation. The more I do it, the better I get at it. And I trip over my words a lot, as you know. Do I tell you you have a stalactite or do we just keep going? So you, so are you saying generally you're not a fan of stop and chats? Um, because the thing about stop and chats is generally speaking, they're, they're like you said, they happen when you're on your way to or from something. You're in the middle of something. Yeah. I'm kind of a fan of stop and chats. I don't mind. I yeah, think yeah, it's good yeah. rehearsal time. Yeah. I don't, I've never looked at that way. But you know, this has happened a lot. And it's not a to, it's not, this is not a dig to anybody that I do stop and chats with. It's fully me, but you know this where I, I, I prematurely try and exit the conversation. I'll just start stepping back or I'll interject with, okay, good to see you. And I'll, I'll literally be pulled right back in because it wasn't the appropriate time to stop it. Yeah. You're not a good closer. No, I'm not at all. And, and I, and I literally think, oh my God, that's so weird of me. I totally like walked back and now I'm walking forward again. (laughs) And it must be so obvious. I was trying to leave that conversation. I think, but it's because I get, I, I, the problem with me is I get so um, in your head. I'm so in my head almost all the time that impromptu conversations are really uncomfortable for me. I think a stop and chat should be uh, brief and as soon as, and, and you want it to be small talk, whether working or hardly working or not working at and all. I, and I love when it's from a distance and then they don't come any closer. When they start walking closer, I'm like, no. <laughs> and uh, Cody and I were just watching a movie the other day, um, Irres- Irresistible, Steve Carell. 
And he goes to Wisconsin and he's from New York and he's got to kind of play the role of a small town um, neighborly guy. And he walks into a coffee shop and they all are saying like, you have a good one. You have a good one. And and he kind of says it back, yeah, you have a good one. And then he walks out of the coffee shop. He goes, is everybody having a good one? And I thought that's that's the perfect line for a stop and chat small talk. It's like, hey, how's it going? You having a good one? Good, 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 good. And you walk yeah. away. Uh, if it's any longer than that for me, I, I personally, I don't mind. I, I kind of, I like that interaction uh, more than you. Um, and I always have because I find it a little bit more entertaining. And I think when you speak about the music days and the schmoozing that we'd have to do at conferences and different shows, you know, I always felt like if you just ask that person something about them, they'll just always have something to say. Most I, of the time, people just want to talk about themselves. So I was, I, I, I think when I was working in the office before I started having kids, that always worked for me. People just want to talk about their weekend, what they did, what they have going on. And then every once in a while, they throw you a bone and ask you what you did. And you like can make some funny joke about it. But most times the conversation was me asking about other people. So I, I don't mind. I don't mind stopping chats. Should they be brief? Yeah. Especially if you see me like my car running. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My kid's screaming. And they're walking. The kids keep, are walking away, brief. but you're trying to pay attention. Keep it keep it brief. But um, other than that, I actually, I actually, I quite enjoy it. I think that's where you actually learn how to small talk. Yeah. I basically bottom line is uh, I'm no good at schmoozing. It's no, you're not. not. It's not. not your forte. Why do you think though that you are so good at it and I am not? Um, Just... Lack of practice, never needed to because you did for me? Uh, maybe that. I think I think when I watch movies and TV and comedies and stuff, I, I, I really soak in small talk one-liners and I try and log that and go use that, use yeah. that. And then eventually it builds up as your like go-to repertoire of like, okay, this is wrapping up. What's the next question I'm going to ask this person? Just like is everyone having a good one? Like that's, it's small. It's probably nothing to other people, but to me, that is so funny. Yeah. It's like, what is a good one? And yeah. it better be a good one. If it's a bad one, I'm not the one to tell. Don't yeah. tell me. Yeah. Fridge, Fridge buzz. buzz. Absolute minutia. 